All right, let's get into some mailbag action. Jack is uh, somewhere in the country, Baltimore, Florida, wherever the next Thursday night football game is. I can't, I literally can't keep track of that man. He is <clears throat> off the chain at all at all times. He's like a fugitive on the run, but he's in no legal trouble. But that leaves me here planted to make content for you. So we just jumped into the Discord, asked some questions, pulled them, wrote some answers down, and we're going to yap them to you. So make sure you are in the Discord channel. Um, free to join, obviously. Free to yap away. Free to ask questions for the next time that we do a mailbag. And the first one is from Steve Bradshaw FF. He asks, this is a niche question, but how do you go about getting a promo code with Underdog, a company that I own a small percentage of? has over a million clicks plus other value props. So from what I've seen, that's normally enough to get one. How do you actually go about getting one though? So this is a niche question only because you are asking me who works with Underdog uh, about a fantasy football company in the space, whatever. It's not actually a niche question when it comes to creators in general because many creators make revenue and income and work with companies on an affiliate level. So I'll give you the the most basic breakdown of the way to look at these deals, in my opinion. One, you got to understand that these companies are their companies, but each person inside of the company are just human beings. Like it, it is not difficult to get in contact with them and talk to them. And most of the times, if you are trying to improve their work, if you are doing something good for them, they are equally receptive to that. So in my opinion, the easiest way to go about getting these codes is obviously if you have connections, always use your network, right? Like I am working closely with Underdog. Jack, who is the co-host on Big Content, works closely with Underdog. If you're on Twitter, you probably know 8,000 people that work closely with Underdog. If you're in a different uh, creator space, then you can make friends with people in that space that work with some of the companies that you want to work with. And you'll usually have zero problem getting a connection to a company that you want to work with if you know people that are doing that. They will simply hook you up via email or what you DM on Twitter, whatever it is. But you can also, if you don't have that capability, if you don't have anyone in your network that has a connection to a company that you want to work with, go to LinkedIn, go to Twitter, a quick search, go to Twitter, look at what I just did. Go find the underdog fantasy handle, which is at underdog fantasy. If you type it into the search bar, and this could be any company, okay? For the most part, the people that work there will have underdog fantasy in their bio, right? If they are proud of the company they work for, a lot of the times they put it into their bio. If you can't find anybody, it's probably because they're not proud of the company. If you don't want to be working with companies where people that work there are not proud to be working there, right? So underdog, you will see a straight line of people that are proud to work there and they're all listed there. So you type in underdog fantasy, you'll see Berm, Sam Berm, great guy. Community at underdog fantasy. You see Rudman, head of brand, Gamby. Now it might feel easy or you might feel eager to reach out to everybody on the list. You're going to want to be smart here though. Like you're not going to want to reach out to Jeremy. You're not going to want to reach out to one of the co-founders. You're not going to want to reach out to the CEO. You're not going to want to reach out to someone super high up, not because they are not going to be receptive, but because they are doing other things and they are, that's not what they are dealt to handle. You're going to want to look for somebody in marketing. You're going to want to look for somebody in affiliates. You're going to want to look for somebody in partnerships. Like the more specific you can get with that affiliates or partnerships, that is usually the path that you want to go down. And it's also okay to reach out to multiple people. Okay. And you could also do this on LinkedIn as well. This, this, this tactic works on, on multiple platforms. You know, you could choose one, two, three, four people that you reach out to. And there's a good chance that if one of them is receptive, then they will maybe not be the right person, but they will forward you to the right person. And I would also 
act like a human being. So do not just copy and paste the same message. You can copy and paste it, but say like, hey, I wasn't sure who to reach out to. So I also sent this message to a couple of your other coworkers and you can even list them. Like the more personal you get and the less robotic you get, the more uh, I think the higher likelihood you are to actually get a response. Now, anytime that you are reaching out to somebody, if you if you are going out of your way to reach out to somebody, it is inherently because you want something from them, right? Like you, they have leverage over you in some capacity. In this instance, you want a promo code from them. So with that in mind, in this message, you want to get straight to the point and you want to get straight to the point of who you are and what value you are providing to them and why they should care about your message. For you, it could be something as simply as, hey, I'm Steve. I run this website. We get a million plus clicks per month. We are in the fantasy football space. There's obviously a lot of overlap here between our audience and your product. I've been a huge fan of the product. I use it all the time. If you've made content already with their product, that would be the perfect spot to just throw a link in. Be like here, we've already been using your product in our content. This is how it would like natively flow into the stuff that we're doing. And you could say, hey, I'd love to like speak to whoever runs the affiliate side of deals. I, I'd love to speak to whoever runs the marketing side of deal. Um, I'd love to know more about your affiliate program. So all in all, like with what you said, you know, a million clicks per month, that that enough, that number is probably something that will kind of get your foot in the door and people will want to know a little bit more about it because again, that is not an easy number to get to when you've just created something from nothing. So they will probably be receptive to that. Now, all that stuff up front, it's easy to get a promo code. It is easy to get an affiliate deal. I have all of like the interns that work in our office right now have affiliate deals already with Underdog while working through here just because of the affiliation with us, but they didn't need to have a big follower account to get that. If you think about it, there's no actual downside for the most part for a company to give a creator, a brand, a company, an affiliate code, because the way affiliate codes typically work is that for everyone you get to sign up with your code, with code BDGE, the company will give you a kickback of the money or they have a certain price that they have uh, agreed to with you prior to the deal starting that every time someone uses the code, you get that money and then they get the player onto their platform. Otherwise, they just never would have gotten that player. So for them, it's a win-win. It's like if you don't get anybody, right, it's, they're not paying you up front. They're not saying like, hey, we're going to give you $10,000 a month, hoping that you bring in a lot of users, hoping that you get a lot of signups. So there's no downside for them, right? Because it's not like they're sinking money in regardless of the outcome. With most of the affiliate deals that they will start or most of the affiliate deals that they'll get into, there's no actual upfront. It's just like, okay, cool. If you actually show results, you will get paid for your work. It's like those fucking lawyers or whatever. They're like, we don't get paid anything unless we win the case. That is kind of what affiliate marketing is in this uh, in this industry. So those numbers and all the things that you present, like that will get your foot in the door. But if you don't actually provide results for them, you will never get any upfront money from them, right? Like they'll like, if you get five signups over the course of a year, there's no way they're giving you upfront money for that. So just to like wrap up the points here, use your network which is usually the easiest way to get connected with a company or somebody representing a company. Use Twitter, use LinkedIn. Just remember the people that work at these companies are human and most of them are very, very open to discussing things with you because if it is a good deal or if it's something that helps the company, they want to be receptive to it. I'll, one of the biggest deals that we've made, each year we usually work with like one big partner, right? Like right now we are working with Underdog and we'll be working with Underdog for quite a while going forward. But we had a year where we worked with a company called Monkey Knife Fight, 
And the way that the rep from Monkey Knife Fight found us was through our Instagram page, which is insane to me because that's like the platform that we spend the least amount of time focusing on. Didn't find us on YouTube, didn't find us on TikTok, didn't find us through Twitter, like found us through Instagram and we developed a relationship through there. And I was like, yo, by the way, we have these other like social platforms and followings here, but it's just people with a million things going on that you need to give them a reason to look at what you're doing. So just be human, be open and put a little work in. You'll be fine. Question number two, we've got stoked CNT. We'll leave it at that. One of my favorite words, but trying to keep this kid friendly, you know, said uh, how to get over initial fear of sucking ass when first starting out content creation. I mean, there's a lot of levels to it. And I, I almost feel like this, this is kind of like one of the most important questions to be answered or at least discussions to be had in the creator space because so many people do not start creating. So many people feel hesitation from doing it because of outside judgment, because of the fear of sucking ass, as you would put it. And that's kind of the environment I'm trying to create here within BDG. I want to create a space where people anywhere from beginners up to, uh, you know, if extremely experienced level creators feel really safe in here. They come in and they're like, oh, everybody's creating. This is the norm here. That's the environment I'm trying to create inside here because that's when magic happens. Now, when you start, it's difficult to do that by yourself. The thing you like just need to know, and I know it's difficult if you're never around creators or if you've never gone through like the journey of doing it. Dude, there is nobody that doesn't suck ass when they start. Everybody sucks ass. You might watch my video and be like, ooh, this is well-produced. Nick communicates well on camera. The editing is there. All that shit is there. Dude, I've been doing this every single day for 10 years. Like literally, I might have taken six days off in that 10-year span from doing this shit. When I started, it was horrible. We probably can throw up clips right now of when I started. So, that's my dog Skippy, by the way, if you're wondering. Uh, the company's name, as I was just getting to, it's called Fantasy Jocks. Fantasyjocks.com. I will put a link right there. That probably won't work because I don't even know how to do that, but I see a lot of people in YouTube videos do that. Uh, but I'm not going to be able to figure out. Uh, anyways, good for me. I need something to open. Y'all got a knife? No? All right. BRBs. When Jack started, he was horrible what up fam welcome to snapback sports a snap show that's created for you and by you we were both horrible everybody that starts this is terrible BLBs. think of anything take content out of the way think of anything that you started anything anything that you're good at right now i should say anything that you're actually good at that you consider yourself good at right now think about when you started that thing now content's a different beast because a lot of things that you get good at, you don't have to do it publicly in order to like your fuck ups and you being bad at it does not have to come in the public sphere. Content is a different game, though. OK, but sometimes just understanding, sometimes just knowing, like feeling like you're not alone in that, like understanding that everybody sucks, that I sucked when I started, that Jack sucked when he started, that your favorite content creator was fucking miserable when he started. I promise you that a lot of times that's enough to make you feel a little bit less alone and a little bit more. Uh, valid in putting yourself out there. I would also try to like dive in a little bit deeper on more of a personal level. And hopefully this can like resonate with everybody. It, it's both like objective and subjective here. A lot of the times when you are starting out and you're like, man, I'm, I'm nervous about sucking ass. You typically in your mind, maybe subconsciously, maybe you're super aware of it, 
are feeling that way because of like anywhere from one to three to five people in your life that you're worried about their particular judgment on, right? Like realistically, there's maybe it could be a friend, it could be a sibling, it could be your parents, it could be your cousins, it could be a lot of the time it's people that don't even fucking have any relevance to your life. Realistically, they have such a small impact in your life, but you let them like live in your headspace. So most of the time when you're like, I'm scared of being bad at something, you're scared of being bad at something and these three people seeing it and then judging you for it. So I would ask, I I would ask you to like one, try to try to sit with yourself and like reflect a little bit, sit down and say like, write down the people, everyone knows who it is. And you don't have to do this publicly. You don't got to like put it out there, but like be, be honest with yourself. The only way to get over the hump of being scared about these things is really sit down and, and be really, really honest with yourself. Who are those people? Who are those people that are holding you back that make you feel scared to put yourself out there. Once you write that list down, figure what what is the impact of those people in your life, right? If it's one random dude that you like went to college with, you went to high school with, and you see once every six months, like be logical, be practical. They don't fucking matter in your life. Okay. And there will be people on that list that do matter. And you got to ask yourself, like picture yourself now, five years, 10 years down the line, you're successful at whatever you're doing, right? You start making content tomorrow, 10 years down the line, imagine yourself in an ideal world where you are. Are those people that you're scared of judging you right now still in your life at that point? And if they are, should they be? It's a lot of honest conversations, either with those people or the self-awareness by you to be able to distance yourself from them Dude, energy is really, really important, man. Like, I don't surround myself with people that don't inspire me. I don't surround myself with people that make me feel worse about myself. Like, I don't, I I am so conscious of making sure I'm around people that make me feel my best. And you don't have to get to a successful level to start living your life that way. Like, the reason I'm here is because I started doing that 10 years ago. The reason that you would feel better about yourself is because you're surrounding yourself with people that make you feel better about yourself. Okay, if it's your parents, you might need to sit down and just have an honest conversation with them. You might need to prove something to them too. Like, don't go all in. Don't quit everything that you're doing in your life right now and be like, I'm only focusing on content because then your parents are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Work hard on the side. Prove that it is something that you're really passionate about. Passion exerts trust, I think. When you're passionate about something and you love doing something, people resonate with that. And people are like way more likely to buy into what you're doing. Um, if it is friends or something like that, Listen, sometimes sometimes they're just fucking with you and sometimes they'll give you a hard time and that will pass. With the consistency of what you're doing, you continue doing it for a month, three months, six months, 12 months, the the jokes will eventually fade off, okay? You just stay consistent. They don't really care. People that continue to do it, cut them out of your life. They're not your real friends, like straight up. Like they're just fucking losers who are scared and insecure. They don't like you. They don't like seeing you put yourself out there because you're getting out of your comfort zone which makes them reflect internally and say like, fuck, this person's getting out of their comfort zone. It makes me feel like I should, but I'm too much of a pussy to, I'm too much of a coward to. So instead of me actually doing it and trying to go after something that I want to get after, I'm actually just going to make fun of them. Cause it's like, okay, you too, right? You, that person, you start to progress. You start to do cool things. You start to chase after shit you're passionate about. This person sees that they got two choices. They could level up and try to chase after you, or they could try to bring you down back to where they are. And that is what those that that is what negative comments online are. That is what 
those people that fucking chirp online all day but never do shit themselves that's what those people are okay so when you see that when when you feel that from people it's not even like they're right or like what they're saying is valid sometimes there's constructive criticism obviously but 99 percent of the time it's coming from insecurity of them reflecting on themselves being like fuck i'm too scared to do what they're doing so rather than trying i'm going to try to pull them back down to make them feel shitty so they don't do it anymore so i don't keep reflecting on myself that's really what it comes down to so like realistically you're just probably too hung up on one person or a group of people and you're letting them dictate your entire life so you're going to look back in five or ten years and be like fuck i can't believe i let that person or these people do that like you got one fucking life man you got one life to live that invigorating moment of like being really vulnerable and putting yourself out there it's everything it's a most people do not experience that often man and it, it's it's a it's a terrifying and really scary feeling that, again, we all got every one of us as creators. It, it is a vulnerable place to be in because you are like a creator is at the end of the day, <clears throat> they have something inside of them that they want to get out. Right. They have something that they feel like they need to show, tell, create and, and give to the world. And in doing that, you're opening yourself up for criticism, for people to see the real you. But the only people that actually criticize those people are the people that are too scared to do it. You never see successful fucking creators go after other creators for being like, wow, what a weirdo. I can't believe he like put himself out there like that. No one who's successful or goes after shit would ever do that to another person. Only the weirdos that are too scared to do it are those people. And this was a tweet I came across uh, a couple days ago from Sahil, who I highly suggest you go follow. He said, uh, quote unquote, you're doing it all wrong, said someone doing nothing at all. You got a lot of opinions from people that ain't never done shit, that will never know the context of your life, that will never know the context of how you're feeling. Let them shits go. Anytime you want to go, anytime you feel scared, come back to this fucking Q&A right now and just re-listen to this shit. And on a more practical note, too, like you might, you're going to suck ass when you start. Double warning. I hope this isn't showing up backwards. I think it should be showing up normal, right, for you guys? I got to hope so. I have a little flip on the top of my camera that shows me like what you're seeing. <clears throat> it's coming up backwards. Oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore. What is this? But you'll continue to get better, right? Like you're going to make a video or a piece of content. You're going to put it out there. And then guess what? You like, wh what does suck ass even mean to you? Right? Like you're like, I suck ass. My piece of content sucks ass, which it's going to for the first fucking hundred pieces of content. But because you're able to acknowledge that, like you're also able to list the things that you think suck about it, right? So you might watch it and be like, I am saying um, or I am saying like, or I am doing X, Y, Z, or the lighting is terrible, or the camera's terrible, it's crooked, or I didn't do enough research. These are tangible things that you could fix. So after each piece of content, maybe sit down, reflect, write down the things that made you cringe in your own content, and then focus on making them better the next time you get out there, right? Practice, practice, preparation the people who prepare the most make it look like they don't prepare at all all right so i'll leave you with that uh preparation leads to confidence and it leads to results passion leads to curiosity uh curiosity leads to looking for things looking for things leads to improvement and improvement leads to you not sucking ass at what you're doing anymore sorry that was a long answer i, I went on a uh, a little bit of a rant right there i think america is the land of second chances except for when it comes to this dude mr jabba the hut you fat slovenly no good lazy oh come on uh carter asks best and worst days of the week so a little bit of a more toned down question that's um 
I don't know. I guess it depends on what time of the year it is. Like when we are in season right now, I would say the weekends are a little bit more chill for me. So I actually like a little bit of a relaxed day. But I'm filming this on Saturday. So that's actually not even that relaxed. So I'm filming this Q&A. We got to film Set the Line, Sunday Slips. We got like three TikToks to film, I think. I'm doing the Q&A live stream for Fantasy. And then my family's in town for the Georgia game. We're going over to Georgia Bar. Um, okay, so Saturday's not chill. I would say just Sunday. Just being able to like chill, watch the games, etc. I would say in the offseason, though, like if, if we're talking about if, if we have the normal week open and like things are more creative and free-flowing, I love Mondays, dude. I love Monday. I actually love Saturdays too. Um, there's like a sense of the world feels a little bit more chill, but I love working on those days. If I don't have anything like really strict or like I need to film this thing for tomorrow, but I have the entire Saturday open, I love that shit. Um, I like Mondays too, just because the start of the week is really invigorating to me. Um, Sundays in the off season, I actually don't like for some reason. I don't get Sunday scaries, obviously, but like, I don't know. There's just too like nothing going on last question i will rip off cs4218 and thank you guys again for the questions um drop them in the discord at any point right i will go back to them uh frequently as i do more of these q a and mailbag type questions because biggest thing you overcame as a content creator brand owner that others can learn from so like two things come to mind uh when we dropped our nft project the bdg3 um, which was known by like the the name the bash this was a 600 person fantasy football league we got a lot of pushback we got a lot of uh a lot of hate we got some articles written about it about how we were like scamming people etc cetera, etc cetera. none of it was true we never had bad intent with anything and we ran the we ran the tournament for the year and it went fine it went smoothly but seeing all the vitriol from the public it, it was a lot and that was the first time i'd ever been like outwardly publicly um I don't know the right word for it. it. It wasn't like intense enough to be called canceled, but like definitely a, a lot of a lot of heat coming from the outside world never became a problem internally because we always know like that's one of the biggest takeaways, I think, especially when you're growing a team is like being open and transparent about what you're doing. But not only that, like the way you're thinking and feeling about what you're doing is just as important. People people tend to um, resonate with context. I think I think that makes sense. The more context you have around a situation, the more leeway or the more empathy that you're typically able to give to somebody. So being open with your team is really, really important. So that was a lot. And that was the first time I ever had to be like, oh, I need like really thick skin if I want to continue to like innovate and push and try to create something that's bigger than myself. Um, and then there was another point last year where we had to let go of a couple of our employees internally. And that became a shit storm on TikTok. Some of you guys will have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you guys will intensely know what I'm talking about. But that became another literally nothing like unethical or immoral or like anything bad. It was just a business decision that had to be made. And I got you would have thought I you would have thought I blew up a building the way that our comments were for like five months. We still get comments to this day about that shit. But it was like I was like the most hated man on TikTok for probably a two to three month period. It was insane. But at that time, that helped me get through some shit that I feel like um, I am so much fucking stronger because of it. And I don't think there's a single thing that could actually phase me anymore when it comes from like comments, when it comes from the outward, uh, for, from people that don't know me, 
from uh, opinions and comments of people that don't know me personally, none of that shit will ever phase me again. Like after going through both of those things, none of that shit will ever phase me again. What I've learned from it is one, like I needed to lean on my people more. I don't just mean the people that I work with, but like my family, when I was going through these things, I was on the phone calling friends, uh, my mom, like my sister every day, every other day, whatever, just to like open up and talk to people and be like, man, this is tough. Like I feel fucking really lonely right now, you know? And, um, it was, both of those were like very, very down points for me over the last, you know, year and a half, two years. But because of it, and because I was able to lean on other people and because I was able to take the pressure off myself a little bit and remind myself that I have people in my life that like, they know me personally and they know that what I was doing had no bad intention and they knew that I was, you know, still a good person, or at least I had good intent for everything that I was doing. So it was a good reminder to me that I can lean on these people. I have people, you know, that love me, that care for me and like vice versa. And when you're on social media and you're a creator, 99.9999% of the interactions you have are with people that you've never seen or met before. And it be, it can become intense, but you have to remind yourself that the people that know you, right? If, if, if those people, if my family was like, what are you doing? Like you're fucking up or my friends or my, or the employees in the office were like, I, I strongly disagree with like the changes that you're making. Then I'd have to take a second look, <clears throat> you know, and, and look internally and be like, okay, maybe I do need to think about these things uh, a little bit more intensely or from a different angle or hear their perspective on it. But at no point during any of these things did I have <clears throat> any of those angles from anyone that I'm close with. So I felt comfortable with myself. Um, so I don't know, maybe you learned something from me fucking yelling, but maybe I was just venting as well. I would say the other thing, um, overcoming is, 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 is a word that's like in the creator space. It's so much more about just consistency and longevity and like improving day to day over a really long period of time. So those are two instances where things happened like relatively overnight, but those things don't happen often as a creator, like you don't have black and white things that are like, they either go well or they don't go well. And because of that, these dramatic outcomes happen. Most of the time I would say overcoming or something that's more like practical or relatable to the individual creators, like just constantly staying, not just motivated, but creative and innovative. You know, I think it's a, a big reason why I will never move out of New York City as long as I feel the drive to continue building this thing, because this is so inspirational for me. But I empathize with people who are living in situations where they're not in a creative environment and they need to continually stay motivated and stay innovative and stay creative. And to those people, like practical advice, continue to consume content that inspires you. But more importantly, like go out of your way to reach out to communicate with and try to like surround yourself with people that inspire you as well. Or like and inspire you doesn't need to be people who are like above you. Inspiring can be from people that are underneath you at the same level as you. But inspiring should come from like, man, this person's passionate, working their ass off, like the work ethic is there. Like those are the people you should be putting on a pedestal. And when you can surround yourself with like, you know, one, three, five people that are really getting after it, no matter what their success level is, that will be some practical advice that I can give to you is like, <clears throat> be conscious of that shit. Go out of your way to connect with those people. Those relationships don't always happen by accident. Like Jack, co-host of this podcast. We linked up originally because I reached out to him. I DM'd him. I was like, man, we're both creators in New York. We're both 
working with similar companies, like, let's go out for a drink. Let's like get to know each other. Like, I still remember where we went the first time we met, et cetera. And like our relationship just kind of grew from there. So you have to be willing to, you, you could DM other people, right? Like you don't have to be sliding into DMs for a sexual relationship. You can slide that I've had way more successful DM slides from personal relationships and work relationships than you have with the significant other types. All right. So be willing to put yourself out there and do that. And, and, um, and that's probably hopefully the best advice I can give. All right. Uh, that's the Q and a for this week. We ran a little bit longer. It's usually about half the length of this, but I felt good. That felt like a good event session for me. And, and hopefully you guys learned a little something, something. If you did make sure you hit the button that looks like this subscribe to the channel. If you are new here, we will have our full length podcasts back normally rolling again the next week and so forth.